The main got an arsenal. Bring you up to speed with what you need. He's the local and nationwide news feed. Let's talk about it. Dialect to do something about it. Chip got the flow wide open. If you got questions about it, man, it's the show that brings you to your raw. To solve all problems, it starts with real talk. And here we go, here we go on this Monday evening. It is the 8th day of November 2021. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, you are in the midst of the experience we like to call Real Talk Memphis. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am your humble host, Chip Washington. Very happy to have you with us. Gang is all here. We are fired up and ready to go. It's, uh, yeah, it's like pitch dark at 6 o'clock. And I don't know, a lot of folks don't like this daylight savings time deal and I think at some point they're going to eliminate all of this. But, yeah, it's dark. So, you know, take a little extra caution out there and be careful on your byways and highways of travel this evening. We have a pretty good show for you tonight. Of course, we always think we have a good show. But before we get into all of that, you know, you ask this each and every week. And I'm happy to explain it to you. How do I get this fine piece of radio broadcasting from 6 to 7 p.m. Central Time on this fine radio station? Well, You can do it uh, several ways. First, on this fine radio station, which is WYXR 91.7 on your FM dial. We are on live right now. You can also go to the website, WYXR.org, or you can uh, go to the TuneIn app, T-U-N-E-I-N, put WYXR in the search, hit play, and you'll catch us. And as we are a podcast, uh, the show will be posted uh, sometime tomorrow afternoon, So you can always find us, no excuse, this is an excuse-free radio show. And you can find it wherever you get your podcast. So, since uh, we last communicated a week or so ago, Lola is back with us. Last week she was working, so nice to see you. So before we get into the uh, big show, uh, pull your mask down and tell people what they need to do every week to get this show. See, there you go. So I know y'all heard that. So I'll have her do it a little bit later on in the broadcast. But that's how you find us. And we are on right now. And if you can see us on my page, uh, we should have all the bugs and kinks worked out from last week. And, uh, you know, shout out, to, shout out your boy. Say hello. Say, hey, what's up? You know, so it's always good to have you uh, in the place. Uh, this, of course, uh, is the time of the broadcast before we get into the all the all the all the hard stuff and all the details where we say to you, uh, we celebrate you, actually, and our celebration of your birthdays, your anniversaries, of your special occasions. But we can't do that. Well, first of all, Jack's not sitting down, so I can't do that. But <laughs> Before I say, hit it, Jack.
Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. If it is your birthday or you just celebrated the birthday, happy, happy. Hope you had a great weekend. And I hope you had a great birthday on this Monday. Happy birthdays go out to uh, my friend uh, Nancy Lucchese. She is celebrating a birthday today. Nancy, happy birthday to you. Jack, bring it down just a little bit. Trina Thomas-Macklin is celebrating uh, her birthday today. Happy birthday, Trina. Uh, Happy birthday to Reginald Pruitt, to Caroline Woodruff. Happy birthday, Mr. Ricky Jackson, Mr. Dennis Coburn, Miss Gloria Worthy. Happy birthday, go out to Korea Starks. Brenda Solomon, happy birthday to you. Melanie Rogers, celebrating a birthday today. Vanessa V.V. Miller, it is your birthday. Tim Shelton, happy birthday to you. And uh, also, I was uh, given uh, a birthday from uh, DJ Lola. Freddie Robinson, happy birthday to you, my man, wherever you are and uh, whatever it is you are doing to celebrate on this day. And I want to go back one. Uh, Big Frank Gilbert, Jr. Big Frank used to work in radio. He's now working at Rust College. Yesterday was his birthday. So happy birthday to each and every one of you. I hope we can do it the same time, the same way again next year. Hope you enjoyed your time. Hope you're enjoying your birthday and all the celebrations that go along with that. Thank you, Jack. Now we, uh, as we generally do this time of the show, get into some news and notes. And by the way, uh, many of you uh, remember the uh, very tragic day in Collierville, September 23rd, uh, the mass shooting at the Kroger store. Well, the Kroger, uh, uh, the Collierville Kroger store is set to reopen uh, day after tomorrow, Wednesday, November 10th, uh, per the mayor and store officials, of course. Uh, that shooting on September 23rd wounded 15 people and it killed, killed actually a, a, a beautiful soul out there. So they're going to reopen the store. They've been working hard to uh, get things uh, kind of back up and operational out there. Uh, and on Wednesday, they are supposed to uh, reopen uh, the uh, the store. We were talking a few minutes ago about the uh, Astro World concert in Houston, Texas, hosted by Travis Scott. Of course, uh, on Friday evening, uh, that turned tragic when eight people uh, who were attending the concert uh, were crushed and killed as people rushed the stage. And uh, I was talking to Nicole and all of them here uh, and Lola and Jack and, and uh, you know, saying that, uh, you know, obviously this is an event that's happened the last few years and there's been no issues. But of course, uh, when you have 50,000 people crammed into a big parking lot, you know, at a concert like this, and, uh, you know, listening to that type of music get all hyped up and, and, and everything. No reason necessarily for the rush to the stage or the push to the stage that unfortunately caused the lives of those eight uh, individuals. But Travis Scott did say that uh, he was going to pay for the funerals of the eight uh, victims of this tragic accident. And uh, they're telling me here that they're, he's also going to refund all of the, uh, the tickets uh, for all those folks who bought tickets out there, that he's going he's gonna to refund uh, uh, their tickets. So that's a very, very sad situation. Now, you and I both know that this is going to, uh, this is a lawsuit that's already starting. People are already talking about uh, filing uh, suit, uh, lawsuits against him, against the promoters of the concert, against Travis Scott himself. Law enforcement authorities were concerned about it uh, beforehand in terms of the safety issues. So, uh, it's just a very, very, very sad and tragic situation. I think the youngest uh, victim was 14 years of age, and the oldest was 24. So, yeah, that's a, that's a very, very, very tough uh, situation. 
Uh, did you hear about uh, what happened at a church in Nashville yesterday morning? Uh, a Nashville pastor is being called a hero. He stopped the guy who pulled the gun during service on Sunday. This was at the Nashville Light Mission Pentecostal Church uh, in Nashville. No shots were fired. Nobody was hurt. Uh, but uh, there were some very shaken up church members. The guy was sitting in the front row and he decided to uh, walk up to the pulpit. He started waving a gun facing the congregation. And uh, it was at that point uh, that the pastor uh, jumped him, uh, tackled him, and other members of the congregation were able to jump on him and hold him until police arrived. Nobody was hurt. The man is charged with 15 counts of felony aggravated assault. It's no joke when we talk about the fact that you need to uh, watch yourself at all times. You need to guard yourself at all times these days because, unfortunately, we just don't know who's running around out here and who's doing what. I mean, really, seriously. In other news, um, many of you know and many of you are aware that uh, the FDA has approved COVID shots for children ages 5 through 11. Now, those doses are smaller doses than the ones uh, that the older folks and the adults are getting. Uh, locally, for more information on where you can go to get your child vaccinated, go to vaccines.gov, put in your uh, zip code and locations of where you can get those shots uh, will pop up and you can get that taken care of. I know the Shelby County uh, Health Department was giving us some shots last week and they still are. Uh, there's always this pre-rush going on before, you know, things start to calm down again. Numbers across the country are going down. Deaths are going down. Cases are going down. And I have a guy that I hadn't talked to in a while. I thought I would call him last week and get him back. Dr. Steve Threlkel uh, from Baptist. Uh, he's going to uh, talk to us about all things COVID, uh, the HPV virus, uh, flu shots, uh, the actions of the Tennessee legislature uh, in respect to COVID-19, uh, um, discipline, restrictions, mandates, the whole nine yards. So it should be a really interesting conversation uh, with him in just a few minutes. Um, also, by the way, there are uh, 47 days until Christmas which means that Jack, Lola, and Nicole have about 47 days to figure out just what kind of present they're going to get the humble host of this radio program. Uh, you know, so you guys have plenty of time. Some good shopping days available out there. So, you know, just to kind of think about it. I didn't get a rise from any of them. See, all of them. Everybody, everybody in this room is dead quiet and looking at phones. Lola's giving me like that, that eye. So is Nicole. So anyway, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. But we'll talk about it later. This Thursday is Veterans Day. And on a serious note, uh, this when we pay honor uh, to all of those uh, who paid the sacrifice, ultimate sacrifice, or, or even uh, current service uh, personnel uh, who are fighting for the course of history, uh, for the course of freedom uh, in this country. Uh, that still uh, continues even today. So we will uh, take pause and honor all of those uh, veterans and current service members uh, on Veterans Day, which is a holiday, and it is this Thursday. Okay, so uh, this weekend, like every weekend, Netflix uh, debuted another movie, and this was a black western. It was called The Harder They Fall, and it uh, starred uh, Idris Elba. What's the girl's name? Regina King and uh, Lakeithan, 
You look, he's, yeah, him, Stanfield. Uh, uh, <laughs> and a few other folks uh, this weekend. Uh, I did happen to see the movie. Um, I, I was listening to uh, radio this morning, and a lot of folks didn't think it was very much of anything, to be honest with you. They didn't think it was, they, again, they were just like, you know, eh. uh, Lola said she has to watch it again to, to, to really determine that. I thought it was so-so at best. Uh, black Western, anytime somebody got shot, you, you, you know that those movies that, that, that you say the old time Westerns when they shoot them, the blood like spurts like 20 miles like outside of them as soon as they get hit, that kind of thing, you know, or they hit with, get hit with a bullet and they fly 10 feet. <laughs> it was just, it was kind of one of those deals. So um, anyway, check the movie out. Let me know what you think. See, form your own opinion and we'll go from there. Uh, Finally, of course, another big news, and this is a sports story. Many of you heard uh, about Aaron Rodgers, the uh, perennial all-pro quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, who had tested for COVID. Well, it turns out that he did not and has not, to this point, from what I'm to understand, gotten a COVID vaccine shot. Uh, He said that he did earlier when they asked him sometime in August. He said he was inoculated. You know, it's, it's sort of this play on words. And ever since then, he's been getting, I mean, just laid out by NFL veterans, you know, alike, uh, players alike right now about the irresponsibility. And I heard this stat today that 150,000 people since September have died of COVID. Those people were unvaccinated. That's a lot of people in a very short period of time. And since the offset of COVID uh, in 2020, um, over three quarters of a million people have died uh, worldwide of of COVID. Uh, no, I think that's in this country. In this country, I think alone. But Dr. Steve will talk to us about that in just a few minutes. So, again, what say you about all this? I mean, he didn't take a shot, and uh, he's getting he he lost some sponsorship, but uh, I think State Farm has kept him on, and and a lot of other folks. So this is still you know a raging controversy. You know, should I? Shouldn't I? This and that. I'm going to say get your vaccination, and I'm also going to say get a flu shot. Having said that, we're going to have a good show tonight. Uh, we're going to have a couple of uh, good guests. Dr. Steve Threlkel will join me in a couple of minutes here to talk about uh, COVID and a lot of other things. We're also going to have a uh, specialist uh, to talk with us. This is Lung Cancer Awareness Month, in case you didn't know that. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the disease. And we're also going to talk about some uh, treatment measures uh, that will maybe help to diagnose um, the fact that you might have it uh, early, and that could lead to some early treatment. So I'm looking forward to having that conversation. And as we get into the latter parts of the year, we are also concerned about scams, uh, which is very big during the holiday season, and these folks are getting real creative. So in the second half hour of the show, I'm going to have Daniel Irwin. He is the communications director of the Better Business Bureau of the Mid-South, and he's going to talk to us about uh, what you should watch out for, some of the newer scams, and how you can keep yourself from being a victim. We're going to take our first break, and when we come back, we're going to kick things off with Dr. Steve Threlkel, this is Real Talk Memphis. I am Chip. You know who you are. First break, right back.
If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Did you know the Mid-South has one of the highest lung cancer rates in the country? That's why our community health partners are working together to fight the disease. Head over to Crosstown Concourse on November 18th for free music, food, and fun. Bring your family and friends to support our community and promote lung health. That's November 18th from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. at Crosstown Concourse. To learn more, visit breathebetter.care. That's breathebetter.care. We'll see you there. The Brooks is open in Overton Park, home to Memphis art collection since 1916. The Memphis Brooks Museum of Art holds the largest collection of world art in the region, with more than 10,000 works spanning 5,000 years of art and cultures. Remember, every Wednesday is free and open until 8 p.m. They are a proud sponsor of WYXR. For more information about the museum and their exhibitions, visit brooksmuseum.org. You belong at the Brooks. The Dillard family of companies, including Dillard Door and Security, Tri-State Glass, and Trace Electric are proud sponsors of WYXR. For the past 75 years, the Dillard companies have provided products that secure Memphis. From installing the iconic gates at Graceland to the Memphis Tigers Liberty Bowl locker room, Dillard protects what matters to Memphians like you. For more information, visit DillardDoor.com. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this Monday, November 8th. It's your humble host, Chip Washington, with you. Glad you're along for the ride on this uh, on this first day where it gets dark early on uh, Real Talk Memphis. Uh, now, you know, we, uh, we don't talk about it as much as we did, but uh, COVID is still with us. Uh, although things are getting better in uh, various metrics and various categories, and I felt like it was time for me to reach out to my friend, a man who uh, many of us know and see, uh, he's done updates for God knows how long about uh, COVID-19 and, and, and various other uh, topics of conversation. He is Dr. Steve Threlkeld, infectious disease specialist from the Bas- Baptist Medical Group. Dr. Steve, welcome back to Real Talk. Thanks, Chip. Good to be with you. Uh, back to a little better news these days, huh? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. That's especially since the last time we talked. And I want to get your gauge on a few things. So, OK, so right now, as you said, we are uh, things are starting to uh, trend downward in every category. Uh, of course, we do have vaccines now for the for the for the young ones. We'll get into that in just a minute. But what's your take on where things stand uh, on the COVID front right now? 
Well, you know, given the fact that we're 5 million deaths into it worldwide, as you mentioned, 750,000, three quarters of a million deaths just in the U.S., obviously uh, it's been a rough go, but those numbers are down significantly. I always go by hospitalizations Mm -hmm. and those numbers as being the most reproducible kind of number. And we've gone from the max of 172 at my hospital down to 10, back to 152. And now we're back to about 15 or so. So we're back. Uh, we, we can see the end from here, we hope. We saw it before, but at least there's no new variant that's immediately knocking on our door right now. So how how concerned are you about a possible, I mean, uh, you, you hear you know experts, uh, including yourself and folks all over the country, talking about the fact that we could see a rise in cases because we're getting into that holiday travel season. And, you know, like, you know, weather's cooling down, folks all getting together. How concerned are you that we could see, I don't know if, if surge is a good word, but but how would you categorize it? Yeah, well, I think the good news is that this time around, we have a lot bigger hedge around us of immunity, both from natural infection and, and thankfully from the vaccine. Mm-hmm. It's always been a race. Mm-hmm. It's a race to the end where the end is probably an endemic virus that's more of a nuisance than a deadly sort of threat. Mm-hmm. And we get there faster by vaccinating everybody we can, both here and worldwide, and using some common sense behaviors and not just tempting transmission of the virus by higher behaviors. And the virus does its thing by mutating, making changes, mistakes, if you will, and making it potentially more resistant to our immunity. And the faster we do our job, the harder it is for the virus to do its job. And we win that race getting to that more nuisance situation faster. And that's after all how we prevent unnecessary deaths. How big a deal is it uh, uh, to you that uh, we are now seeing shots going into the arms of the five to 11 year old uh, population? Yeah, it's a big deal on a, on a couple of counts. You look worldwide and you see there's, right now there's a leveling off of the worldwide decrease in cases. So mm-hmm. there's a little bit of pause out there. And you mentioned before, we're going into the winter season for us. Mm-hmm. That That's a potential negative. We can't ignore that. So to have this entire large population of millions of kids now, A, protected themselves, and they were unprotected before, and then also it keeps them from spreading it throughout the family. And pretty good data recently shows that they can spread it just like adults can. There was some concern about it at first that they might not not be able to spread it as much or some hope mm. turns out they can and that's going to protect a lot of grandparents who can't resist hugging their grandchild at home and those grandparents might be at a lot more risk for more severe infection their immune system waning and therefore deaths from this virus i think it's going to have a twofold really good effect for us speaking with dr steve threlkel infectious disease specialist from the baptist hospital medical group and um you know, in, 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 in talking about that, and of course, uh, everybody's been waiting for this, uh, especially for the, for, for the littlest ones. Now, you know, when we first uh, started giving shots to young people, you know, the 15 and up, the 12 and up, 15 and up, 18 and up, you know, we, we saw a, an initial surge there. But, 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 you know, as things level off, I don't think, did we ever get above 30% in any of those particular age categories? You know, I'm not sure that we did. It, it, unfortunately, it's kind of a, a reproduction of what happened in adults. But the people that wanted them ran out to get them, couldn't get them fast enough. Right. But very quickly, it kind of uh, sagged into a situation where, where folks just stopped getting them. And, and it's, it's getting harder and harder to convince people with the facts these days. Unfortunately, the politics and other issues just had people dug into their positions. Um, I think that, that the kids certainly, they don't get as sick as adults. There's no question about that. But, but when you quote things like myocarditis, uh, yeah, there's a very small risk of getting that sort of thing with vaccines. But guess what? The, the risk is a lot higher 
when you get the virus of getting that same myocarditis. So people stop and don't stop and realize that not taking door number one necessarily throws you through door number two, which is a lot more dangerous. And so that's really the problem I think that we see. So as, as, as we, as we trudge forward here in all of this, and you talked about it and a lot of folks have been talking about it going from a pandemic to an uh, endemic, which means it's kind of going to be like an annual thing, uh, maybe a yearly thing or whatever. Uh, and you said that uh, we don't see any viruses or any new mutations, uh, you know, on 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 the on the rise right now. So, I mean, is it is it is it feasible to say that I mean, the, the, the pandemic could end maybe sometime in early 2022, or is that is that still a wait and see proposition in your in your mind? You know, I think it's more likely that we're going to get sort of a stair step downward in the severity of these, uh, maybe not waves anymore. But as long as this virus has as much going on worldwide in cases and transmission, you might see new variants develop. We, we got down this low before, you know, um, so it's very difficult at this point to underestimate this virus. But I'm certainly optimistic at the moment. We don't see anything that should prevent us from gradually improving. And those waves, if you will, will get smaller and smaller. And we hope farther apart and to, to where we get to that end point that we're open for. So um, let's shift gears and talk about the flu season. We didn't have one last year pretty much because everybody was masked up. And, and you know, we were dealing with, you know, outrageous COVID numbers and things like that. And, uh, and I can't remember the respiratory, uh, you know, uh, illness that, that, that affects the young people. Your Where, respiratory syncytial virus, it kind of came out of key and really hit a lot of kids early on. Exactly. So so where are we in terms of what you're seeing so far during this flu season that we're in? Well, so far, we're lucky again. I mean, at some point, it's probably going to kick back in and pick up. Thankfully, our indicator is what happens in the winter before us, which is the southern hemisphere, the Australias of the world, South America. And they've not seen any big uptick yet either. As I say, at some point, it's going to kick in and cause us a problem, maybe a big problem because it's had some time off. And so is our relative immunity had a time off. But so far, we're still fortunate. I think still people are being a little more careful than they normally are. But, you know, 30,000 people die on average in the U.S. every year of the flu. So mm-hmm. we've kind of deemed that okay, and and uh, we, we deal with that. Um, and so, but it is an important illness, and we hope that we'll continue to kind of keep that at bay and, and, and be smart with our infection control behaviors, if not masking and so forth. Hopefully those can go away soon. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we, we, don't, we hadn't heard a lot of conversation about the flu again, you know, this year. And I know last time you and I were talking about this, um, before we got to this point, you were saying, man, you know, we need to watch out because we didn't have one last year and it could, it could be bad this year. But so far, everything just seems to be just, just quiet. And I don't know, I, I have this kind of nervous, you know, calm before the storm kind of feeling. And I don't, I'm predicting a storm, but, you know, I think sometimes you use the word complacency. Uh, a few minutes ago, and I mean, and, and I guess the numbers are make it rather difficult to convince people not to be complacent or get complacent. Am I am I right in that? Well, every time it comes down, we we think it's over. But again, we've seen this movie before, and then we tuned back to uh, really yeah. almost as bad as it was before, even even in individual hospitals. And so, it, again, it's very hard to underestimate this virus. It, it uh, it's really come back at us before, and there's still a lot of replication worldwide. 
and we're going into the winter months, like you say, if we were to have that recrudescence of flu uh, to equal the average year, that's going to that's gonna synergistically bottle up the healthcare system because it'll be hard to tell the difference between flu and COVID. There'll be a lot of testing. There'll be a lot of elderly people getting sick from that, just like they do every year. So there's still some things that are very much on our radar screen that we would be really not very wise not to think about and not to plan for. But, you know, we hope that it won't be any sort of big surge back of the flu, but certainly that is out there as a possibility. Have you heard anything? Because I was listening this morning to the national news and they were talking about over in, I think, I don't know if it's England or Britain or wherever it is. There are some places over in Europe where the numbers, you know, they, they plateaued and then they, they, they kind of decreased a bit. And now numbers are going back up again in terms of COVID. Am I correct in, in what I heard or, or, or what I yeah. think I heard? Yeah, that's right, particularly in Germany uh, of late and then spreading around Europe, too. So the numbers have gone up. I think it's and, you know, you can almost see a little of the hint of that in Colorado recently here, even in the U.S. There are still plenty of people who are unvaccinated, unprotected and can get sick. Mm -hmm. I mean, 62 percent of people in Colorado are vaccinated fully. That's better than the national average. But 38 percent are not. And that's still plenty of people to get sick Mm -hmm. and to get hospitalized and to die and to keep this thing going. So we've got to really stamp it out much more completely than we ever thought about in the beginning. Uh, So there are just a lot of people out there left to get sick, and there'll be a few people whose immunity is waning from the infection and the vaccine, and they'll get sick somewhat too, obviously much less. If you look at hospitalizations, they're almost all in people who are unvaccinated and unprotected. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we're seeing that that leveling off of, of the improvement of infection numbers across Europe. And that coupled with the winter coming up there and here, certainly we would be foolish not to be careful about that and to keep our eyes open. Before I let you go, uh, give our listeners some uh, some do's and don'ts and some pointers and some things just to kind of be uh, aware of. I mean, I know folks tend to let their guard down when things uh, seem to get better, but I don't think we're over the, the hump quite yet. But uh, But give our listeners some things that they need to think about going into the winter months. Yeah, I mean, the first thing is just get vaccinated. We've got something that's so effective, it's extraordinary. It's one of the wonders of modern medical science. So get vaccinated. Even if you've been infected before, it will cut down your risk of getting a a milder infection and therefore your ability to transmit it to somebody else by two to three fold. Mm -hmm. And that's a big deal. So get vaccinated first. And otherwise, um, if you're in a crowded indoor setting, just be careful not to be around as many people who are unvaccinated. Be careful in the holidays. You're, uh, you know, I still see a lot of cases brought in by an unvaccinated aunt or uncle visiting town, and then yeah. it spreads through the uh, the people who are at risk in the family, immunosuppressed yeah. people, elderly people. So just be careful who you're around up close without masks and protection. If you are vaccinated in the family, enjoy the holiday. It should be okay, you know, without, without masks for vaccinated people uh, in that sort of family group. But be careful about being in really crowded places, poor airflow, all the things we've always thought about. It's less important now, but it's not completely gone. As you said, I think that's very important just to keep our eyes open and not just let this virus keep on replicating at numbers that cause us problems. Dr. Steve Threlkel, you are my go-to on all things COVID. Listen, my friend, you stay up, stay safe. And if I don't talk to you beforehand, have a very happy holiday season. And I look to talk to you again in 2022. You too, Chip. Thanks, bud. Take care, man. Dr. Steve Threlkel, ladies and gentlemen, giving us some uh, wise words, uh, and I hope that uh, some of you paid attention and listened because he gave some very sound advice. Uh, We're not out of the woods yet. Things are getting better. If you want to keep them getting better, get vaccinated. That's all. It's a simple thing. Get vaccinated and move forward. We're going to take our next break, and when we come back, we're going to shift gears. This is uh, National Lung 
Cancer Awareness Month, and I am going to have uh, a specialist on board who is going to talk to us about that and uh, about uh, some uh, potential treatment uh, programs is, uh, through some research uh, that could help detect uh, lung uh, disease uh, in you and maybe a member of your family. This is Real Talk Memphis. I'm Chip. Take our second break. We're back after this. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. The stuff that WYXR brings to the airwaves is already playing in the parking lots and basements where the next generation's journey is just getting started. And we can't imagine building the brands we do without the role music played in our lives. No matter what kind of art you make, music is what sets you on your path. Loaded for Bear is proud to support WYXR and community radio everywhere. Brought to you by Crosstown Concourse, offering brand new musical experiences like concerts, live score film screenings, record release parties, weekly music pop-ups, and so much more. For more information, visit crosstownconcourse.com visit. Did you know the Mid-South has one of the highest lung cancer rates in the country? That's why our community health partners are working together to fight the disease. Head over to Crosstown Concourse on November 18th for free music, food, and fun. Bring your family and friends to support our community and promote lung health. That's November 18th from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. at Crosstown Concourse. To learn more, visit breathebetter.care. That's breathebetter.care. We'll see you there. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to the big broadcast on this Monday. You are in the midst of Real Talk <laughs> Memphis. Very happy to have you with us and very happy to have my next guest with us uh, this evening. Uh, as I said before the break, this is National Lung Cancer Awareness Month. And there are many, many people, thousands and thousands uh, who have been affected by lung cancer and have died uh, by lung cancer. And we're going to talk a little bit about all of that with my next guest. Uh, he is uh, uh, Dr. Anna Rog. Uh, Miroth, Mirotha, Mirotha, Mahotra, Mahotra, Doctor Mahotra. I'm sorry, I'm yeah. <laughs> I was close. I was trying. I really was trying, <laughs> Doctor yeah. Mahotra. But thank you, Doctor Mahotra, for being with us. I really appreciate you. Um, you know, especially coming in at the last minute. But but I'm really happy to have you on Real Talk tonight. Uh, no problem. Th- thank you for having me over. So. Listen, you and I were, were talking and, uh, you know, you are a, uh, a, a lung 
your pulmonologist. You're, you're a pulmonologist. Am I correct? Is that is that your is that your uh, your? So I'm a, so I'm an interventional pulmonologist. Okay. So I'm a pulmonologist who specializes in uh, bronchoscopy and uh, early detection of lung cancer, taking care of <clears throat> uh, spots in the lung, such as lung nodules. Okay. And uh, Chip, the the biggest thing about lung cancer is the biggest difference that we make is when we detect it early. Okay. So and, how, go ahead, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dr. Moore. And the way to detect it early is the screening program. Okay. Which entails that anybody aged between 50 and 80 who is either a current smoker or has smoked significantly uh, get a CT scan. And it's, this is a low-dose CT scan to detect spots in the lung. And the goal here is to find out if that spot is early lung cancer okay. and to nip it in the bud. Dr. Marothra, how many, what are, what are the statistics uh, annually uh, in terms of not only those who are diagnosed with lung cancer, but those who die of lung cancer on a yearly basis? So the lung cancer is one of, is the leading uh, mortal, uh, cause of death in terms of cancers. There's about 250,000 Americans who's gonna, who are going to be diagnosed with lung cancer this year. Wow. wow. There is about 14 million people in our country who are eligible for lung cancer screening. Mm -hmm. And uh, a very small percent, about 4% 4, 4 of, of that is, uh, is actually getting screened. Now, screening is very simple. It is a low-dose CAT scan, just to make sure, just like people get colonoscopies for colon cancer screening and, and mammograms for breast cancer screening, this is all, they, they get lung cancer screening. What, why the hesitancy, doctor? Uh, why, why, why are people, that's a very, very, very low percentage. Why yeah. in, your, in your expertise, why the hesitancy for something so deadly and so serious? So I think uh, it is about awareness. And, um, and other than awareness, it is about, uh, you know, getting things done. It's like uh, taking, taking care. Uh, it's one of those things that uh, you have to uh, get, uh, get done annually. Mm -hmm. And uh, the good news is we have a, we have a program uh, the lung the lung nodule program and the uh, through the through the Baptist Cancer Center that is is tailor made for this. You get your screening scan. If there is a spot in the lung, we we get to the bottom of it, and we can get to the bottom of it bottom of it in a minimally invasive manner. We actually use the CAT scan and put it on a computer and use computer guided navigation to spot in the lung with no, no scars to find out what, uh, what kind of disease process it is. In reference to the uh, screening program that you just talked about that, 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 that you brought here, um, how, you know, in, in, in terms of what you see and when people, I guess, let me back up, when people come in uh, to get screened or maybe have some, some inkling that something might be wrong, are there symptoms, are there, Outward symptoms are there? Are there? Is it, do you feel a certain way when there may be an issue you know, with your lungs in terms of a, of a cancerous situation? No. So screening uh, uh, lung cancer is symptomatic, which which means having symptoms only when it's on the 
when on the later when when it is at a higher stage right right screening is typically for people who have no symptoms so they're not even having a cough wow. no chest pains no phlegm they're absolutely normal people who have been who have smoked cigarettes or are currently smoking mm-hmm. so the so ha- having symptoms in lung cancer usually uh usually that happens when it's late so i would encourage uh, talking to the talking to your primary care physician if you're especially if you if you're an active smoker in that age range or have smoked previously to see if you're eligible for the screening program now you say the screening um, age what starts at 50 did you did 50. you it, it, it starts at the age of 50 uh-huh. it's for any current smoker or anybody who has smoked 20 pack years uh, history of smoking. So what does that mean? A pack of cigarettes over 20 years and um, somebody who has not quit smoking in the last 15 years. So, wow, that's uh, that's a, that, I, I guess, you know, when I was listening to you talk about that and you said it's almost this asymptomatic thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you don't know that you have it. I mean, you, I mean, why would you go even if you're a smoker? I, I feel good. I, I don't have any issues or whatever. But when they do develop symptoms or they notice symptoms and by that time is it really too late in terms of a course of treatment for that or or how how does it how does it go from that point so even at that point uh we uh we do a ct scan we find that we ascertain what is exactly causing symptoms and then we get to diagnosis and staging so to diagnose to do diagnose and stage we use electromagnetic navigation bronchoscopy so we take all the ct scan data upload it into a computer mm-hmm. now once we upload it into the computer using using a bronchoscope we navigate to the spot which is deep in the lung and we get biopsies from the spot and we also to sample the lymph nodes in the chest to determine the stage of the disease mm-hmm. at that point we we uh, you know it helps decide what kind of treatment the patient may qualify for. And uh, there is increasingly a number of options available. So uh, I don't want to say that if you're having symptoms, it's always late, late stage. You don't know what are you having symptoms for. You need evaluation. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, obviously, yeah, that, 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 that would be a, a, a big part of it. But I guess it's encouraging to know that, you know, as medical technology continues to advance, um, you know, beyond levels of my comprehension, that even if you are uh, symptomatic and it, it looks like, you know, it could be, uh, you know, a pretty good case of this, that they're still not over, that there are still some, some, uh, some options available in terms of treatment, according to what I just heard you say. Absolutely. You know, every situation is different and requires evaluation there is increasingly more more and more data there is more and more targeted therapy to to mutations there's more there's immunotherapy so obviously there is uh, options available are there um because this always bothers me about about some of the various cancers that 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 invade uh particular parts of the body have you seen cases of lung cancer with people who have not smoked, who have just for some genetic reason or heredity or some, I mean, is that, is that even a feasible thing I just said in terms of that? I mean, have you seen cases like that or heard of cases uh, like that? Absolutely. Lung cancer occurs in non-smokers. 
and uh, it, uh, it can occur in patients with family history. So it can occur uh, sporadically with no history. So smoking is one of the most well-studied factors, but it, uh, uh, it can occur with even no prior, pro, uh, no risk factor. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. And I know um, before I let you go, you know, we don't necessarily hear a lot about lung cancer. I mean, everybody's clearly aware that that lung cancer is a, you know, is a, is a pretty tough uh, situation and, and it kills lots of people, as you gave us the numbers uh, earlier. But it's not one that you really hear a lot about. And that's why I think it's kind of important to put the spotlight on the fact that this is uh, a situation that, that does not necessarily have to mean a death sentence, particularly in terms of the programs that you were talking about, in terms of trying to uh, come up with uh, uh, early detection um, for you know, preventative care. Absolutely. The biggest difference we can make for lung cancer is early detection that decreases mortality by almost 20% uh, by just getting a single scan a year. That's and, a, of course, smoking yeah. cessation. Yeah. That's, yeah, absolutely that. Dr. Anna uh, Mirothra, thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy schedule to come and uh, speak to our audience tonight. Uh, uh, treasure the work that you do on a daily basis to try to keep us uh, you know, upright, healthy, and particularly those who are dealing with uh, issues pertaining to lung cancer. Thank you for being a guest on my show tonight. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate that. Well, listen, ladies and gentlemen, I uh, hope that you were paying attention. Uh, lung cancer, like so many other cancers, can, can be detected uh, even when you have never smoked, um, but you may be symptomatic. Uh, so if you feel like that's something that you need to do, particularly past the age of 50, that is something that you definitely uh, need to uh, get checked. We're going to take our final break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about scams big time. It's the holiday season, and uh, I have someone from the Better Business Bureau that's going to break it all down for us. This is Real Talk Memphis. I'm Chip. We'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Bill's Kiln, now on Mondays at midnight. WYXR 91.7 FM, Memphis. I'm listening. There's really nothing better than a box of records. Hi there, this is Zach Ives. My show, A Box of Records, plays every Tuesday night, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m., right here on WYXR 91.7 FM, Memphis, Tennessee.
Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR. And he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this Monday, uh, headed for third and rounding home. We are uh, in the middle of uh, what I would call the season uh, where folks take like to take advantage of other folks. Uh, we're getting into the holiday season. Many of you are turning towards uh, thoughts of shopping and, and, and the holiday season, Thanksgiving, Christmas. But this is a big, big time year for the scam artists uh, who spend all of their time, waking hours, trying to figure out how to take what you have worked so hard to earn. And so I thought it would be a good time, a good opportunity to talk a little bit about some of these scams. And my next guest uh, is quite capable of doing just that. He is Daniel Irwin. He is the Director of PR and Outreach for the Better Business Bureau of the Mid-South. And Daniel, thanks for coming to The Real Talk, man. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Listen, so, uh, you know, you and I were talking offline last week about all of this. And, and of course, you know, we see scams, you know, all year long. And folks are getting very creative and really scaring the heck out of a lot of people out here. So I wanted to get you on to talk a little bit about, you know, what you guys see and what you deal with on a daily basis. Some things that maybe are coming up this uh, particular year. I know you had mentioned that, uh, that folks need to be aware of. So so talk to us about, uh, you know, how these folks are out here trying to take what we have. Right. Well, they're always trying to get your money, that's for sure, and your personal information. But uh, we're already starting to see a major uptick in uh, online shopping scams, getting ready for the holiday season. Uh -huh. uh, we were expecting it, but we're starting to see an uptick. Um, and this year, with all the labor shortages and the supply chain issues, mm -hmm. uh, more and more people are going to be shopping online, which means more and more people are going to lose money to scams. Wow. That is, you know what, that that right there is probably one of the biggest keys you said. We see stories every day now about the supply chain issues in this country. Right. And you're right. Everybody is turning, whether it is because of that um, and because of availability uh, or just because of even the convenience of shopping online, uh, that is becoming right. a, a very big deal. So, so Daniel, run it down for us. Talk, talk to us about maybe some of the things that the folks are trying to do and some of the things that we need to, as, as consumers, uh, watch out for. Right. So scammers watch the news just like you or me. They, they stay up on current events and they use any edge they can to take your money. Mm -hmm. So I talked about online shopping. Um, we, we see all sorts of things. Uh, the main thing to look out for, though, just fake websites, right? Mm -hmm. Fake websites that, that don't have any uh, intention of ever following through. Um, and when you, when you purchase something from a fake website, uh, it's two-pronged, right? Not only do you lose your money, but you also lose your personal information. Right. Because many times when you fill out, uh, when you buy something online, you have to, you know, you put in your shipping address, you put in a lot of personal information. Right. So not only do they have your money, but they also have some personal information that they could use to steal your identity. So again, it's, it's a double-edged sword. You've lost money, but you also have uh, opened yourself up uh, to be a risk for identity theft. So, I mean, how, but how do you know? You know, we were talking about it. Some of these folks, and I and I've seen, you know, I get emails like everybody else does, and you, everybody else does. We get all these emails, and folks are saying, well, you know, we wanted to update your personal information. Uh, we need you to, you know, give us this, or we need to get you to give us that. How do you know? Some of these sites are so realistic. I mean, they use Watermark. They use, um, they use the logos from some of these places. 
How do you know? What are some of the telltale it, it signs? It can be really, really hard. Yeah, yeah, it can be super hard. Uh, like you said, a lot of they rip off logos from, from real things. Uh, we see a lot of fake websites uh, with high-end items, right? Things like high-end uh, purses, uh, high-end shoes like Jordans. Um, anytime you, you see a site and it looks a little funny and the prices don't look right, right? Uh, it's a, it's a hard to get item and all of a sudden uh, everywhere else is selling it for $300, but you all, you can get it for $110 at this one site. Mm -hmm. You know, it looks a little suspicious because there's some misspellings or a logo doesn't look right. Like that's a telltale sign that it's going to be a fake, uh, fake website. Uh, the number one thing really that you can do is just trust your instincts, right? If something looks too good to be true or a price is too good to be true, or something looks a little off or a word is misspelled or there's punctuation in the wrong place, we call that scammer grammar, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's a telltale sign that this, this site doesn't originate in the United States. That's something you want to stay far away from. Talking with Daniel Irwin, he is the Director of uh, Public Relations and Outreach for the Better Business Bureau of the Mid-South. You know, one of the things that I've noticed, too, is the from to. You know, you'll, you'll get something from a company, but the to is not your name. It's not, it's not your name. It's some weird kind of a thing. And I think that's another thing that people need to check as well, the address, uh, the address situation uh, information. Am I correct in that? You are correct, yeah. And like I said, uh, these scams, they're just so varied, right? There are so many different versions of them. Uh, but yeah, you need to, to double check that for sure. Um, and, and you know, sometimes you get, you'll, you'll start to get packages that aren't even yours, right? Sometimes someone is just, you know, stolen your information or you just all of a sudden start receiving packages at your address that, that aren't in your name. You know, there, there are lots and lots of variations of the scams. What is the loss per year? I mean, Daniel, I mean, we're talking, I mean, thousands and thousands of dollars and a lot of the hardest hit targets. I remember when I was a reporter in television news, I did stories right. on scams. Uh, lots of times where these poor, innocent seniors, you know, are built out of thousands, tens of thousands of dollars. Talk a little bit about that. I can tell you right here locally, we have something called a scam tracker, right? Yes. So you can file a scam report on our website at bbb.org slash scam tracker. Okay. And locally, so far this year, we've received 475 scam tracker reports on online shopping for a total loss of over $300,000. And that's just local this year, this calendar year, right? And to kind of wow. give you an idea of how prevalent online shopping scams are and how much we expect to see, 35% yeah. of all scams that are reported to the Better Business Bureau are online shopping scams. And of those 35%, 75% of those that filed a scam report lost money. So not only are people falling for these fake sites, but they're losing money at a high, high rate. And when people report it to us, they're not losing $10. They're not losing $20. They're buying high-end items. So they're losing hundreds of dollars at a time. So, so when you get these type of reports and people have lost, as you say, hundreds and even thousands of, of dollars, at that particular point, it, it, it's too late. What, what, can you, what do you do as an agency when you get these type of calls reporting these type of massive losses economically? Right. So the, the, what we do is we share our data with law enforcement. We share our data with uh, several government agencies, but we also can pinpoint exactly where the scams are going. So our scam trackers like an interactive heat map that shows real-time data in your own words of what scams are going on in your area. Uh -huh. And you can search by keyword, you can search by zip code, so you can see what others are reporting. 
so we take that data and, and that's how we try to get the word out about scams that are going on. So for instance, if you're looking on a website um, and you, you heard from a friend that this site's got some, some item that you really, really want, right. but you've never shopped at it before, right? right? And you just, it, something doesn't feel right, you're on the site and, and you're like, I don't know about this. This looks a little weird. Well, you can go on our scam tracker and you can search and you can see if anybody else has been taken on that site or if that's a site that's, that's been reported on our scam tracker. And hopefully if you do that, and it is, it'll save you, it'll save you a lot of heartache and a lot of money. Does it make your job exponentially harder when, as you mentioned at the outset, uh, folks are, are doing a lot more shopping online because of the convenience of it all? But then again, scammers are watching that and they realize that folks are doing this because, you know, they don't want to get out and deal with the crowds and everything else. Does it make your job harder as an agency that p- tries to prevent these type of things from happening? Yeah, it, it, it does make it harder, but you know, if it was non-line shopping, it'd be something else, right? Sure. So they'd still be scamming you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'd just be doing it a different way. So it does make it harder because there are so many different websites out there that if it wasn't online shopping, it'd be a rental scam or it'd be an employment scam or it'd be an imposter scam or one of the thousands of other scams out there. Um, so again, it, they're always going to be scamming you and trying to do something, but if it wasn't this, it'd be something else. But it does make it difficult. Before I let you go, please give uh, folks out there information on if they even suspect or they have questions about um, particular scams or just, uh, you know, questions about what they need to do and how they need to do it. How can we get a hold of you fine folks at the BBB? Right. So the Better Business Bureau is staffed all day long. We have uh, we have several phone lines and, and people that are very experienced with a wealth of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, our, our call center uh takes calls all day long. Mm-hmm. If you just want to check something out or if something doesn't seem right or you just want to verify something, please give us a call. Our number is 901-759-1300. Mm-hmm. And again, that's 901-759-1300. Mm-hmm. You can ask for me directly if you'd like. My name is Daniel. Uh, the, the easiest way for you, though, is to probably go to our website, bbb.org slash scam tracker. And again, at that website, you can search something you can check something out see if it's a scam or you can report a scam there as well well listen man thank you so much for for coming on and and, and dropping the knowledge and and sharing some very valuable information and of course uh, any of you out there uh who have just a, the slightest hint of something not sounding right uh, uh contact the bbb of the mid-south yes. daniel Irwin. thank you so much my friend for coming on the show uh i'm sure we'll have you back down the road but in the meantime and between time have a safe holiday season and i look to talk to you soon thank you sir i appreciate it y'all have a great night thanks man you too take care so listen that's a that was a great way to wrap this thing up tonight um and uh, as jack plays us out uh you know this is the time of year unfortunately where you find folks that take advantage of other folks and uh, you know there, you always heard this uh, saying, "Don't be a victim." But if you have a, if if your instincts tell you that something's not quite right, trust your instincts because it probably means that something's not quite right. Thank you to all my guests, Dr. Threlkel, um, Dr. Vinotra, uh, and and just uh, Marafa Mar- Mar- rather, and uh, of course Daniel from the BBB. Uh, if the Lord says so, we'll be back here next week. Same time, same station. Try to do it a little bit better. Uh, in the meantime, in between time, please be safe out there, okay? Watch where you are. Watch your surroundings. Make sure you know what's going on around you because, you know, we live in a world where not everybody can be trusted, and that's just a fact. Uh, so for Lola, for Nicole, for Big Jack, I'm a little chip. 
your humble host. This is <laughs> thank you for tuning in to Real Talk. I'm Chip, and we're out. <laughs> <laughs>